Happy Thursday, everyone. I am Pastor Mike Matthews, and I have a special guest today on the show. It is my lovely wife, Sarah Matthews. I promise I won't make any cringy pastor jokes about my sexy, hot wife, because oh uh, those are always cringy when pastors do that. But today's episode is really uh, an important one. We are going to be talking about limping in love, uh, how, how to, how, what makes marriage work? Uh, next month, uh, Sarah and I come up on uh, a year of marriage. We did the second marriage for the both of us. We were both previous married in the past. So we have had a lot of learning and growing to do. And I wrote a devotional earlier today on our Facebook page uh, called the same title about how to um, how to love well in marriage. So let me, for our video audience, for our video audience, uh, you can please go to our YouTube channel, uh, like and su subscribe. That helps. That helps us put. Push our, YouTube will push our content out to more people. Help us to reach more people with the ministry. That would be great. So we're going to get into it. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, what makes marriage work. And what I'm going to do is um, uh, we're going to talk about like this verse that reads, Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Uh, Sarah and I joke saying that God put 10 years of marriage in one year. Um, uh, we had to take care of her dad that got really sick. We, we, we had to travel between two cities at first. But when we got married, I was still living in an apartment in Washington, PA. And it took us a couple months before I could move to our home. So we were traveling back and forth. Uh, we were dealing with health issues of our own. Uh, I made my own ambulance trip a couple of <laughs> times because I accidentally uh, took too much of a medicine. That was fun. Uh, so that, so Sarah, you got anything to add about that? About our first year of ups, downs, good um, just your typical adulting. Merging yeah. two lives is not easy. Um, yeah. I don't have kids. He has a son. Uh, learning to step parent. Uh, dealing with um fallout from being a widow. Dealing with you know navigating step parenting with uh, his ex and biological parent and being that supportive role for uh his son. Um, just kind of navigating things and, uh, jobs, finances, um, communication, our relationship. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, that a lot of things in order for it to be successful or in order for, you know, everybody to come out, um, with the highest and best for everyone involved. Um, it takes a lot of navigating. And also we also are learning things about ourselves individually 
um, mm-hmm. and growing and healing from our past. And that never stops. So I think having two individual people that are on individual journeys and being in a marriage and then dealing with everything in a marriage, there's a lot to navigate there. So mm-hmm. it, it takes a lot. Um, my dad had a heart attack and stroke in the middle of all that. Co- we all got COVID. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just a lot. So uh, dealing with all that and money doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> I think yeah. that um, I think that sums it up. I mean, I do think I think that we did a great job. But uh, as far as you know, I can't believe that we haven't even been married a year yet. Uh, yeah. That's coming up next month. I feel like we're going to be celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary. Yeah. So the the purpose, guys, for this episode is, you know, the the whole mission of limping with Jesus is we recognize that we are all limping in some aspect. And relations, relationships uh, leave us limping. I came in to this marriage healing from my first marriage, excuse me, my first marriage, my first marriage ended at the same time that I had to leave my first pastorate. So you can tell, you could tell that you hear a scenario like that, there might be some relational limping that I came into the marriage with and and Sarah did a good job at loving me. And because no matter who you are, uh, when you go into a new relationship, and, and if it leads to marriage, and we're looking at, at it as it is going to end, end in marriage for you, you bring in your triggers, you bring in your past hurt, you bring in your past emotional scars. We carry every person that we have ever loved with us to some regard. Good and bad, good and bad. So when, when we talk about never giving up on e- each other, uh, uh, always having faith in each other, always being hopeful for each other, uh, this is what this verse is talking about. Because marriage will face hell. It will. Like when we say that we have felt like we had 25 years of marriage experience in the first year, um, and not one time. I just want to get it out there. Not one time did Sarah or I think like it wasn't worth it. I want to quit. Uh, uh, that's not what we're talking about. But but every marriage can get to points where they're tested. And a lot of people, like as a pastoral counselor, um, there's markers when people usually give up on marriage. It's either after year one, year seven, year fifteen, uh, because uh, year seven, because these like transitional periods is when life gets harder. Like it could be, it, it's about money, it's about kids, like, and it just it stresses you out. Like ninety percent of marriages where one of the spouses have a disability ends in divorce it's like 90 percent so so there's a lot that as a spouse that you can deal with like we have all these factors going on in our marriage that that if we don't have this type of love for each other uh to understand that we are both messy people 
that um, like if you're the kind of person that goes to God and prays, Lord, change them and I'll be a better husband. Uh, you're missing the point. So, so I know. So now I we're think to add to that, you know, uh, you know um, well, I had a train of thought. It's been a long work day. So excuse me if I have a brain fart, but your spouse is going to disappoint you. Your spouse is going to hurt you. They're going to say something that hurts your feelings. They're going to act in a way that disappoints you. They aren't going to meet uh, any of your uh, expectations without uh, communicating. They're not mind readers. Um, And I like the saying that your spouse is not your therapist, is not your maid or your ATM card. So, you know, we all have filters and we all have triggers and we all have our lives. Marriages, two individuals come in together to merge together and have a marriage. Just because you're married doesn't mean the individuality and that life goes away. Um, so y- you have to be mature enough and also understand that when they say something to hurt your feelings, sometimes it may be intentional. But a lot of the times it probably isn't. If you're in a partnership and in a healthy marriage, I'm sure it's not intentional. I mean, we all do and say things sometimes to hurt the other person when we're mad. That happens. Um, and mm-hmm. then we need forgiveness. But, um, you know, in a, a good marriage, especially ours, I don't believe that we have intentionally said anything to hurt each other's feelings. No, it's um, been it's been accidental. Accidental. Mm-hmm triggers um yeah because, uh, and you don't yeah. know when you've triggered someone unless they communicate it so i think mm. for us going into this when we knew when we got we're dating and courting and going through our um our journey we talked a lot about our past triggers and we are both mm. knowing we're going into this with triggers and uh we've both been in therapy we knew what they were we were um on a healing journey you're always on a healing journey you're never ever quote unquote healed. Um, so I think that it's just to be open and willing to learn about yourself and how your behavior affects the other one. And then also mm-hmm. as you go, you're learning how to communicate. I think that Mike's gonna get into some of those points a little bit later. But Yeah, well well yeah, well that goes into like uh communicate uh how you receive love and be willing to love your partner the way they receive love and not the way you receive love. A lot of couples do this backwards. Um, if they, mm-hmm. if they, if they love giving gifts, they'll try to give gifts to their partner. And then they, then they're frustrated. Well, why don't you like that thing I bought you? Well, that's not their love language. Mm-hmm. So, so like in Sarah's case, am I like, we're very my, different. We're very, yeah. very different in how we receive yeah. them. But you know, I I because because we are prone to try loving the way we want love, like words of affirmation. Every one of us needs to know from our loved one that we're loved. But for me and my upbringing, I need to know, I need to hear it more. I need to know, like Mike, you're a good man. You're on the right track with God as a leader, as a pastor. Like, but but for Sarah, her. Her her love language is physical touch and and quality time. So so for me, my bringing, 
I could go weeks without being hooked. I'm okay he could, with get he it. He could be in his man cave for six months by himself playing Xbox um, or being on his computer or whatever. And like text me a word of affirmation um, or, you know, bring me some flowers or something and be like, okay, cool. Um, Cause that's what he would do. Right. But I'm like, I need that quality time and that physical touch. I yeah. am an affectionate person. Um, and, and, but I also, as I've gotten older and matured, I also need my alone time and the time to be introspective. So there's a balance there. So I don't need to like constantly or whatever. And I, recognize his need for alone time um i suggest that before anybody gets married it should be a requirement for you to read um men are from mars women are from venus um it really is spot on men absolutely need man cave time and then we also need uh we have our what they call the women's well where we just need to feel secure we need to feel like presence from our our spouse especially our male um husband so uh, you know, it's just communicating, hey, I've had a really hard day. I need to know that I'm not alone in this world. I need you to hold me. Or, you yeah. know what, tonight when we go to bed, I need you to cuddle with me for, you know, until I fall asleep. I just need to know that you're here. Don't need it every day. But that doesn't come naturally for him. So for me to expect that from him without me communicating, hey, I need this today, um, you know, it wouldn't be fair to him for me to be like, oh, my God, he doesn't love me because he's not doing it. Yeah, um, well, last last week... Uh, Sarah was having a rough day. Uh, we're 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 in a tough we're in a tough financial season right now, and I could just tell she was. Excuse me. Oh my god. Okay, so I can tell she was hurt, frustrated. Uh, so I just went over to her on her side of the couch and just held her for a little bit and let her talk it out because. She didn't need me to try fixing anything. Mm -hmm. She needed me to just be there for her. And you know, when women vent, we don't realize that a lot of the time men tend to think they need to fix something when we vent. Mm -hmm. And we, so the book also says when you need to vent, make sure you're communicating that you need to vent, that you don't expect them to fix something, that you're not trying to dump on them, that you're not trying to make the, what your emotional distress at the moment their problem. You just need to talk it out, and you just want them to listen and give you a hug. And I call that I call that words words for words for the wind because sometimes we say things we don't mean when we're hurt and we're stressed out, like. Like, oh, oh, I hate my boss. No, you don't really hate your boss. You're just stressed out right now. And and I'm not saying Sarah hates her boss. No, I love my boss. I have the best boss in the yeah. world, actually. I, I, I'm just saying anything. Like, 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 there's times where we say things. Like, in the, in, the, in the Bible, Elijah, after a victory he had, he was so tired and defeated and scared that he just got done having this great God moment where he was so distraught. He says, I, God, just kill me. I'm ready to die. And God's like, you know what? Slow down. Why don't you take a nap and eat something? So, so that's all we needed. Like God modeled yeah, that's it for us. Advice. Take a nap and eat something. <laughs> yeah. So, so but, but like, like there's times where in my example, I, 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 have been one that has endured a lot but because i have endured a lot 
in the last couple of years I have had to go through like compounded traumas, I sometimes will text Sarah and say, do you love me? Because uh, I need to hear it. I need to hear it. Like, what, like with my disability, being a pastor and a leader in Christianity, we all know that there's a segment of Christianity that would look at me and say crazy stuff like, you don't have what it takes because you need more faith to be healed. So, I'm going to punch those people, by the way. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to punch them too with palsy hand <laughs> and say it with a spasm. So, and then so, to me, when he says that, I'll be like, oh my gosh, I really, I mean, I'm also, I have a, a gift that one of my spiritual gifts is encouragement. So, or being an encourager. So, I am like that naturally. So the words of affirmation and giving that and like uh, trying to encourage people, I do. And so maybe sometimes too, not too much, but knowing when he needs to hear it is important because I can say it, but there might be times that he needs to hear it and he's in his own head. And one of the things is like when you're in your head is when you should communicate to your spouse. A yeah. lot of, um, you know, Mike can speak to this from the, the man's standpoint, but women also can like... When a man is expressing their feelings, um, you know, we don't need to fix them. It's not our job to fix them or change them. But it is our job to listen to them and love them through it and ask them if there's any, what they want to do about it, what they, what they feel they need for help um, and be there for them. So I think that it's important uh, that the communication of, hey, when you're in your head, let me know. Like, don't keep it in your head. And I think that's an important for all of us, too, because I tend to go introspective. I used to just word vomit and talk to my friends and talk to the people around me about what's going on in my head. And through therapy, I really learned that I need to self-soothe and I need to be able to validate myself. And so now in this stage of my life, in the last few years, I, I really go introspective. So now I can mm. be in my head. And Mike knows me well enough now to know what my – he knows just how, like, I'm listening, like – where I'm at, my body language, to know like when I'm in my head. Yeah. So be yeah. able to pull it out of us. And then that's when, uh, you know, I might need a hug or he might need to be told that he's loved and appreciated and admired and encouraged and so, so talented. So that's just the difference in, in being able to communicate that. But if your spouse doesn't trust you with the stuff that they have in their head when they're in their head, yeah. you're going to have a, a big communication problem. Yeah, and and I'm not talking about her blowing smoke up my butt or being right. a narcissist. And that's one of the reasons that word for affirmations is not on, probably one of my big love languages. You know, as a baby and as a kid, my dad held me. My dad held me a lot. I always felt really secure in his arms. Um, and I was just how I've been my whole life. But also, I've been bullied. I've had a lot of trauma. I have a lot of yeah. uh, parental trauma and things and issues with my mom and fam family stuff. I mean, a lot of that. And then even through a lot of rejection as an adult, um, I've been told a lot of things and not followed through with. So to me, words of affirmation, um, most of the time can't be trusted. So yeah, just, well, let, let me, let me circle back to, yeah, go let ahead. me start, let me circle back to my point because I think people need to hear this. Like, we're not talking about, like, I'm not talking about feeding some narcissistic mean to me. I'm talking about mm -hmm. trauma in me that was like, things ha have been said to me so 
crazy stuff in my life mm-hmm. that I there it, my internal monologue is I always blame myself for stuff that goes wrong. I I I think my inner monologue tells me that I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm, I don't belong. That's the kind of stuff that we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about here like uh, I, I need to have my white tummy on the greatest uh, things in sliced bread. Right. Because that's, because that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, we're it's the things about, that we say to ourselves in our heads that are our negative self-talk. And to get because, out of our head and to process it externally instead of internally when we're in that situation is important. Yeah, because... I just want to make that clear because I don't want I don't want people to listen to, listen to the podcast and hear like oh he's another egotistical mm. beta beta white Christian male no. that needs needs a no because because uh, your spouse also helps you with uh, constructive criticism mm-hmm. and tells you words of affirmation like we always joke about. Um, Will I can be blunt, good, bad, or ugly. Yeah. <laughs> In love. Yeah. Yeah. It's great most times. Um, so, so. I'm always so. truthful though with it. I'm not, I'm not like mean. I just, I just call it like it is. I just, yeah, but, help myself. but she, she says like, um, she won't let me pull Will Smith at the ground. Yeah. I told him if he was, uh, uh, gonna go up and smack Chris Rock that I would, uh, uh, hold his, hold him back, and not let him do that to ruin. Yeah, <laughs> because that that's like that moment in time you can see where a narcissist is uh, one of the partners and have beaten down a spouse to the point where that that's Mac and Chris Rock. I I know he has a special coming out, and he'll probably talk about it. But that's Mac and Chris Rock wasn't about Chris Rock. It was about Will not feeling loved. In that relationship, it was about that relationship stress, mm-hmm. and when and when and when you don't have a relationship where it's you two and God versus everything else, that kind of stuff's going to happen. Because, yeah, that's classic, classic, classic covert narcissist uh, victim. Because because couple because if you can't feel safe with your partner, you know that you're not going to lash out at them. But you're going to lash out at others because of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of weeks after that vid- that Grammy fiasco, there's a video of Jaded fi- filming Will and trying to get him to come on her podcast. And he said, and he goes, will you please stop filming me in my house? And she was saying he's acting like a child. So that shows you that a high profile couple does not have this type of love love relationship where we're talking about mm-hmm. because because Sarah if Sarah like if I don't feel safe in my home and, and like I'll respect it I'll pull back. Mm-hmm. Like 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 I would never like these couples who make fun of each other on social media or prank each other or smash cake in the face at their weddings. I can tell you how it's going to end. <laughs> I can't. T- I can't tell you when it's going to end, but it's going to end because you can see there's no love there. You know, this whole love chapter is love. It's kind. Love is patient. Love does not think of its own. 
Love is not rude. Love is not arrogant. Like, all that kind type of behavior. Like, letting your spouse wreck their career like Jada did, that's not love. That's not love. That's, that's, she got something out of that by seeing her husband destruct in front of millions of people. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I don't think anyone watches the Oscars anymore. So the tens of people, the tens of people that were watching it. So, well, we all saw it on YouTube afterwards. So I guess yeah, millions. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, that's the, that's the only thing that came out of it. Uh, case in point. Who that's why I thought it was for ratings. I thought I literally yeah. was like, so like it's fake. It's got to be fake because it. No one watches the Oscars, and they're trying to create buzz. I really thought it was fake. And then I was I was sad yeah. and that it wasn't fake. I wish it was. Yeah. So, so, yeah. I I I can't tell you one movie of the year that because everyone was focused on that. And so so that is example. I just wanted to go down there, but I, I just wanted to say that because because I I see these Christian content makers, uh, couples that get on podcasts together. And you could tell the man's a baby. You can tell, like, what he says goes, and you better not hurt his ego. That is not what we're talking about. Sarah, in our relationship, has checked me, and I've checked her. If that's what he wants. He married the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, it's I, not. I don't. We are of a true partnership, and I think that, um, you know... <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's well, well, ca well, case in point, like that, like that, like I was at a church for four months as an outreach pastor, and and in a different situation, I would have kept going. It was a wrong situation for me as a pastor. It was not working out, and I came home and I was prepared after a tough meeting to stay at the church. But I came home, told Sarah about the meeting. Sarah was praying for me all day. I had a tough meeting with the pastor and the elder. And then she goes, Mike, you need, you need to leave. You need, it's, not, it's not a good situation for us. And that is an example of uh, me heeding the advice of my spouse, who also has the Holy Spirit, guys. So... So, because if you women this way, and I've seen men this way, you cannot be domineering to your partner. You cannot just be like, well, I know better than you. I'm going to do whatever I want. But Sarah, and, and I'm going to tell you the blessing of this, uh, the podcast and the ministry has really taken off from that day. Mm -hmm. And then that's just an I example. Just knew, I just knew I had seen it way before. It came when we first got together. Like I knew limping for Jesus was what he was meant to do. God was showing me the future. God was showing me what he so good at. And to see, um, to see his gifts and talents just absolutely thrown in the garbage. I won't stand for it. And as his wife, I'm going to, I'm going to say, Hey, you know what? Like, this is how I see it. You obvi obviously you're a grown adult. It is your choice at the end of the day, but this is how I see it. 
this is what I think that we should do. Pray about and ask God what, you, what he thinks you should do. And when you get clarity, make the final decision for yourself. Um, and Mike's done the same for me in certain situations. Yeah. Um, so I think that just, just knowing and seeing, like, I, I come from a Christian background of, okay, I had it like growing up kind of, but to be truly saved, I was an adult. And I have had, I have discernment and I've, I guess, grown in that and continue to and learn what it is that it is. And um, like now I understand how to pray and use my gift. But I think that um, just being able to see like the people that I would associate myself with, real people, real hurting people that have been through a lot of crap, that feel judged by the world and especially Christians. Um, having gone through so many different churches, um, and I'm to tell you, there's a lot out there that are cult-like. Um, I'm not perfect, never will be, don't pretend to be. Um, and I'm very real and authentic. And I know a lot of other people are very real and authentic. And those people flock to Mike because he's real and authentic. There isn't anything anybody could say about anything in life to Mike and him judge them one iota. And to be that able to show God's love to other people, I'm sorry. I just like, I I can't stand for, um, you know, for him to be put in a box. So I keep encouraging him and being like, you know what? I think that, babe, you you need to be in a platform where people can, can have access to you, can, can see, see you, hear you, uh, talk to you, ask you questions, uh, get resources from you, yeah. um, and feel God's love through you and through your content. So I, for me, it was just very, very easy to be like, babe, let's focus on the pink for Jesus. I think yeah, that's and what you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. And that goes into our, my next point of never losing faith in your spouse. Like, she believed in me. Uh, she believed in my gifts. Uh, because in t- because what, what life tries to do to us is when circumstances get hard, uh, it starts making us look at our spouse side-eyed. And this is where, um, and I'm just going to be honest with people, uh, this is when parasites to the marriage can come in. It could be a co-worker could be a ch- uh, chat online the people will start to try feeding feeding pieces of your heart that you feel like your spouse is not meaning and that happen it starts with small small seeds of doubt about your mm-hmm. spouse so never lose faith in your spouse never stop believing in them even during there are like like, for example, Sarah and I have both, this winter have been crazy. And we have both had episodes of depression. Man, I'm a, I hate when I record and start having burps. Okay. We're real here, guys, so I'm sorry. So, I promise I won't try to fart on camera, but... Because you got to pay for that content. Um, <laughs> so, 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 so. For our paid subscribers. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, only policy. Um, uh, so, but no. So, there are times where, like, 
life gets hard and and sometimes your partner is uh it could be anything about mar- like like i have seen people ruin marriages over times of poor health uh where the other partner can't have sex for whatever reason for me for me this uh cheeses after dark but for you're me, lying babe huh what babe you lagged yeah hold on i'm gonna wait are you you're frozen you're coming back i hate when it, there you go okay so okay so i don't want to make this limping for jesus after dark but <laughs> for, for 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 example for example, sometimes your spouse cannot be in a place where they're healthy for sex. Okay? Are you lagging again? Mm-mm. Okay. So for me, when it comes to sex, it's not about health. For me, it's mental. When I'm in a depressive episode or I'm thinking about stuff or, or I'm stressed out about life, I'm not really into chicka-wow-wow mood. <laughs> so, 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 you know... Sarah is very grateful to me, uh, um, uh, and you know, she'll she'll be, give me grace. But that's just one example of when people give up on. Well, again, stuff. our partner isn't here to like. He, they're they're not our therapist. They're not our maid. They're not our ATM card, and they're not our sex life. I mean, they are. We're all human. We all go through periods of having high sex drive and not not high sex drive. We all get sick. We all get injured sometimes. We're human beings. So I think that in order to expect your spouse, male or female, um, in any situation to do anything or to perform a certain way um, or to uh, serve you in a certain way is BS. Uh, they're yeah. not there to, to be, be all for you. And... Um, if you're not taking their needs and, and happiness into consideration, um, you know, whatever. I mean, as we age, sometimes people can have sex until they're 95. God bless them. And sometimes they can't after 45. Um, you never know. When I, don't, I don't even want to be rocking a palsy at 75. <laughs> like, I, like, I don't want to, I don't want to be that old naked guy in the nursing home running down uh, butt naked because I, I I know my my upbringing in my mind I'm gonna be that naked old guy at 80 years old like I just you shouldn't think get married you shouldn't get married for sex you shouldn't get married for any reason other than you really love that part that person and you want a partnership and, and, and that that is a good that, life, that's a definite bonus <laughs> that is a that is a good uh uh um uh note to young Christian couples uh don't get married because you want to get naked with with each other make sure you love each other and you really want to do life with with them yeah and and Sex i is know a bonus uh, to that when you when you love when you are in love with someone and all of them you know them mind body soul and you can have sex on a mental and emotional and spiritual connection being evenly yoked and being a partner, it's like nothing. Yeah. It's like nothing else. So don't, don't, don't settle and don't, um, 
get into a situation where you don't have all of that because um, sex isn't worth it without the rest of it. It just isn't. Yeah. So that goes into our last point, honey, baby, beautiful wife of mine, <laughs> my rib. Um, yeah, I never knew the whole Adam and Eve story when I was a kid. But when I, because my uncle, whenever he got mad at my aunt, he'd be like, give me my rib back. I never knew what that meant until <laughs> I read I I read that verse in Genesis. I went, oh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> and he wasn't even Christian, so I don't know why he, he used that joke. But okay. So our last point is endure through every circumstance. Again. I hear you breathing. I can't help it. Uh, you're frozen. Well, I can hear you. Well, I can hear you too. Look, guys, you're seeing us put our, our podcasts in, in practice. <laughs> We're talking it out. Like, like the video, babe, is telling me, like, I have, like, one bar of Wi-Fi. And then the devil's coming down. The devil's flashing. Maybe the, maybe the rapture is coming. <laughs> I don't know. It is warm outside. You're not, you're, you're not, you're not, you haven't unfroze yet. Yeah, you haven't unfroze either. I just see your face, but I can hear you on, on the computer. Oh, it's working on my... Okay, guys. So, we'll, we'll keep talking. I, I don't... I can't... There's nothing we can do right now. So, as long as the audio is still going. So, let's talk about um, enduring through every circumstance. So, I think back to when your dad moved in for a while, and then we all got COVID. That was a rough time. Okay, you're back. You're moving again. You're not moving yet, but um, you might, maybe you will in a second. So in July, my dad had a heart attack and uh, he had gotten a clot and um, he had been having it for a couple of days and then he had a stroke afterwards and my mom and my sister were going to the hospital every day and I was kind of helping navigate the health part of it. Um, then he went into a rehab a facility for the stroke and he actually had two strokes and my mom, um, I had just gotten over having the flu for a couple of weeks and I had tested negative for COVID and then my mom got sick. So I figured she had the flu that I had and I went over to her house and made her some soup and took it over to her and I also got her medicine and then she coughed on me. The next day she <laughs> called me to tell me she tested positive for COVID yeah, thanks, mom. Um, so my vaccinated mom gave me my unva- I'm unvaccinated. My mom. My okay, d- d- don't get us don't get us banned on YouTube. <laughs> don't, like, don't I don't need that. Like, no. So like, they er- came down no, with er- COVID. Had COVID every, for a everything of weeks. they everything they had told us about COVID was not a lie. It's <laughs> true. YouTube, I don't care. X nay oh. on the vaccinate. <laughs> The, the government talk is a different situation but anyways they got me uh, i hadn't i didn't have covid yet but they had covid so they couldn't take care of my dad and he was being discharged and they didn't they couldn't they didn't even have any energy to like do anything to get the house ready for him i mean he needed a hospital bed he was completely dependent on us so um and we didn't want him going to a nursing home i tend to think that nursing homes are uh anyway i won't go there but anyway he wasn't going to one over my dead body so um because we couldn't get him to his house 
you're back. You're moving again. Because we couldn't get him into his house, we had him come here. And he needed 24-hour care. So my mom and my sister, once they got, were getting better from COVID, uh, were coming over. But I, me and Mike got COVID in the meantime. So I was still taking care of my dad while I had COVID. And um, it was fun. It was just a great, fun experience. So after we all got done with COVID, um, then we were all dealing with uh, our family drama and us being in the same place 24 hours a day. So it was very stressful. And Mike really got to know me and my family intimately. Yeah, I've um, seen your dad's penis more times <laughs> in my life than I would ever. I, I'm good. I don't, like, if I go, if I go. I'm good too. But If I go no more, if I don't see that thing anymore in my life, I'm good. I think that the, the, that wasn't even the worst part of it. I mean, I would change a million dirty diapers in a heartbeat. But uh, having my mom and my sister and I in the same house. 24 seven is just not good for anyone's mental health. Um, so yeah. And then I had heart, my heart issues. I have an enlarged, well, had an enlarged heart. Um, and I got high blood pressure after COVID. So I was having cardiology follow-ups. Um, it was just a disastrous mess. Um, and then Mike's Mike wasn't working. Um, so, you know, he was got over COVID. I mean, everything just compounded and it was an absolute cluster you know what so anywho my dad is doing better but uh and he's home we moved him in october so he was only with us for about six weeks at my house and then we got his house ready for him and he's doing a lot better thank thank the lord but um and we got through all that we're all still alive and we're still married and uh yeah so i think that and no more dad penis shots <laughs> it's more it's dirty diapers. We're going to go good for no more, no more mom and sister, me yeah. in the same house 24 seven. Yeah. And I mean, it was a mini nursing home. Um, it was. Had, Our, my living nurse. room was a nursing home for one. It was. Yeah. It was set up so, exactly like one. So, so that, that's a great example, but it was hard, you know? Yeah. So to end things, Sarah and I, we are just, we're not rookies at marriage. We're, we're coming into this. We both were, married pre previously uh uh 14 15 years i bring a son into the marriage that's 12 going on 16 love the kid but th there's pre-teen years make me doubt my faith sometimes uh but um no but we, he's a good we are, kid he's just he's just 12 and testing boundaries like he should be at yeah. that age yeah test my Test them somewhere else. So, <laughs> I, I, no, I kid. I jest. So, I'm the third party. I'm outside. So, I still think he's a sweet kid. I mean, he does get a two no, once in a while. He, he is a sweet kid, but he, he got is. My, he's a good kid. He got, he got my sarcasm. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like God is paying me back for how I was when I was that age. So, I heard a great thing about Mr. from Mr. Rogers uh, today about parenting our kids. Parents forget who we were at that age. We we forget that we were 12 once and what we were feeling and what we were experiencing. And when we remember that, that will help us parent our kids with grace. And it will help us to grow too. Like my 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 son's going through a lot the last couple of years. And he's not and to expect him to so-called man up. Yeah. As a like at like I'm 41 years old. The way I handle trials are totally different than a 12-year-old. And a parent needs to know that. Mm -hmm. So 
but uh, that's a different podcast. So, <laughs> so to end, to end this, by no means are Sarah and I experts on marriage. We we are two people. It's a day at a time. Yeah, we are two. We are. It's worth it. We are two people who love Jesus. We love each other, and we're taking this life one step at a time. But we hope today has helped helped you to understand that you're not alone, uh, that your spouse can be trusted, and that you should limp in love together. So yeah, that's that's pretty much all we have today. Um, I. Uh, if you don't have any close, do you have any closing well, thoughts? I think that, I mean, you can't blanket, do a blanket statement on, on, you know, I know that everyone's situation is different. Um, if you're not yet married and thinking about it, just, I just suggest that you do your homework and, um, you know, make sure like there's a lot of, all of your bases are covered. Um, your mental, emotional, spiritual well-being, but also I just want to really encourage you to net- each and every single individual to do your individual work. Yeah. And you you should be able to answer yes to this question. Can you sit by yourself with yourself alone without a phone for a week and be able to self-soothe to be able to enjoy your time and to be your own friend? If you can do that for a week and it doesn't scare the ever loving shit out of you, get married. If the answer is no and you're afraid of your alone time and you didn't know know what you would do, that your whole house would be remodeled in that week, get some therapy and um, start reading a book because your partner is not going to be able to validate you the way you want them to validate you. Yeah. It's not going to be able to spend every waking moment to keep you occupied and you're not going to be and you're going to drive yourself and your spouse crazy by trying to keep yourself distracted from your own emotional problems. Yeah. So be able to be your own friend, be able to self-soothe and be able to be a true partner to your spouse before you get married. So. Yeah, because I, I heard that that reminded me of the saying, stop looking for the right one and become the right one. You are. You have okay. to become the one. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to spend the rest of your life with yourself. You're going to, you know, from the time you're born to the time you die, every moment is with you. So you better like you. Yeah. Okay. So. So, guys, again, I want to make a quick plug as we end this. Uh, uh, our social socials are on the screen now. Uh, you can find us on YouTube at Limping with Jesus Ministries on the Talk of the Tech, or as some older <laughs> folks call it, Tech Tack. Um, uh, you can find us at uh, Michael J. Matthews. Uh, that's my main account where I I, 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 I do some comedy stuff. I do some... Uh, encouraging videos too, but then our limping for Jesus account on TikTok just got started a couple months ago. You'll find more Bible verse devotional driven content, and then our website is www.limpingforjesus.org. So, until next time, this is uh, Pastor Mike and Sarah Matthews saying uh, limp well. And let love. God bless everyone. And have a great rest of your night. Night, night.